recorded live in Golden Ox Studios. Welcome to another episode of Friday Late Show. This is a podcast about bombing because everyone does it. This episode is brought to you in part by DelightCafe.com. Calm and balance. Hemp CBD dietary supplement has all the natural properties without the high of feeling of THC. I use it all the time, so I'm so calm. And as you see me early without my CBD supplement, I put it in my coffee on some mornings. I've even mixed it with ketchup and ate fries with it. Uh, great feeling without the high of marijuana or THC. Go to delightcafe.com and also save 10% by entering the promo code BRUTON. B-R-U-T-O-N. My last name is the promo code. B-R-U-T-O-N for 10% off at delightcafe.com. Also, I'd like to give a big shout out to silentfortuneapparel.com. It's a new streetwear brand I've been rocking. Uh, They have sweatshirts and hoodies I wear a lot. And they have t-shirts available on the website, silentfortuneapparel.com. The brand is dope as hell. Uh, It stands for Silent Hustle and Quiet Grind. That's Silent Fortune. Uh, Also follow them on Instagram, Silent Fortune Mafia. And SilentFortuneApparel.com gave me a promo code. It's Bruton. It's B-R-U-T-O-N. Enter that for 10% off on your purchase. Let you check out. Uh, Rock that new sweatshirt. Even tag me in it if you want. Or also tag Silent Fortune Mafia on Instagram. Um, You know, check them out. And now enjoy the show. On this episode of Friday Late Show, the very hilarious Chris Allen from D.C. is on this one. Uh, We met a couple years ago at an open mic when he was working at Hilarities, and we just stayed in touch. And I'm glad we did. Um, He's an opener usually for Mark Norman, who just had a Comedy Central special. And uh, he's doing his own tours. He's a regular to DC Improv. Uh, Very funny dude. We just talked about fatherhood and comedy and how they correlate and bombing in that aspect. But we've both witnessed a hell of a lot of bombs. So those stories are fun. You know, check them out. Welcome to this episode of Friday Late Show, Quarantine Edition. Uh, a very good friend of mine, Chris Allen, very funny comedian, uh, considered a DC comic, but out of Virginia. What's up, man? What's up, man? Right out of Virginia, Charlottesville. Yep, that's where I live. Oof, boring. <laughs> How long you been doing it? It's a boring town. Uh, 12 years, man. 12 wow. years. About, you yeah. You uh, work with Mark Norman mostly? Is it a feature or? Yeah, I, I started doing a lot of work with him the last, uh, I want to say, three years. Uh, he came here to Charlottesville. He did a show at a venue that I uh, I run a mic at. I got the feature for him and, and things went well. We kind of kept in touch and some things happened and then he started taking me on the road. So, yeah, he's been helping me out a lot. That's so, good shit. Yeah, man, you always, you need a, you need somebody who's, who's, uh, who has a lot of open doors to kind of take you along. Yeah, I, I got lucky the same way. Yeah. I didn't want to call him a vet because we've probably been doing it about the same. I guess he is a vet. He's he's done way more than me, but I didn't want to make him seem older than I was. But yeah. Well, comedy years is always different. We don't really have bad knees like athletes. So <laughs> Duke right, started yeah. 35. He's a vet. Yeah. Right. Duke started 35 and be a two-year guy and a kid that's 28 been doing it for eight years. And we're like, yeah, the 28-year-old's a grown man in comedy. I know that's so weird, man. It's so weird, especially me being old. And this is like, oh, I like this comic. It's like he's ten years younger than you. Um, I hate when I'm the same age as some people. Like me and John Mulaney and Donald Glover are all the same age. That kind of fucks with you slightly. Oh, I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Feel back. I'm like my favorite comedian is John Mulaney. I'm like, oh shit, he's the same age. age. Yeah. Like working with a, a guy like you ever you ever work with Jack Knight? Yeah, yeah. I work he, with, he, uh, he did a festival in Cleveland with us. He's a beast, man. And it's like, yeah. how do you? He's like thirteen. I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, you know. Yeah, come at him with Langston. They, right before they started their tour, they came to our um, accidental festival, and he was part of it. He was with uh, Langston Kirkman. Oh, okay. 
And that's funny shit. Jack's yeah, a bad, yeah, bad yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, very, man, Nori Day. Young dude, man. Yeah, Nori, that whole little crew is dope. Um, yeah. Sam J. I think yeah. uh, Michael, I almost said Michael Red. Chris Red. They're all cool, man. Yeah, Chris oh, cool as shit. But, all right, so the show's about, the podcast is about bombing. I usually ask people questions about bombing. It's more just, you know, the worst show. I usually start something soft, like, what's your favorite bomb you saw? Like you witnessed it, not only part of just a, and don't you ain't gotta say nobody. The comic's name doesn't matter. Just the surrounding makes it better. You don't gotta say. We honestly, there's been uh my favorite man, and I don't really even care. I'm gonna say this nigga's name. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Um, I was uh maybe a year in. I was in Vegas, and I was super jealous, man, because um. Because all my friends, they were, they had been doing it way longer than me, but the Dev Jam people came through and they were basically doing auditions in Vegas, right? So a couple of my boys are on and my boy Diaz, he's doing an audition and we think he's going to get it because he's like one of the, you know, better comics in DC, I mean, I mean in Vegas. So, bro, <laughs> he goes up and he has a lisp, right? Mm. He's a good comic. But that night was not his night. So he's up there. He does his first, first joke, gets nothing. He does his second, gets nothing. And then and this girl sitting in front of us, of a lisp. And then like, dude, he is just, it's complete silence in the room. And then back then he had this, um, he had this uh, crocodile hunter joke, right? Uh, Steve Irvin joke where he would tackle the mic stand and like wrestle around with the underground. <laughs> so he's doing this high energy bit, dude. And he's like doing this terrible Australian accent and it's getting nothing at all. And he's on the ground wrestling with the mic stand and it's complete silence. My buddy that I was with, he, he, uh, he's got his face covered and he looked at me and he goes, man, tell him to stop. I'm like, I can't tell him to stop. And dude, he did his whole five minutes to complete silence. And to watch him have to get up off the ground after he did that bit and it got nothing and then had to continue on. Dude, it was one of the funniest things that I had ever seen in my life. And looking back, um, it dude, it was it was bad, man. It was so bad. It was man, it was terrible. You want another one? <laughs> yeah, like I'm like that's great. Like for somebody to be like, does he have? It's like you when you hear people critiquing little things about you, not your jokes at all. They just blacked him out. And it's like, yeah, does he have a lisp? Like they yeah, can hear saying, yeah. I was like, ooh, that means it's not funny. Like they can, she can hear what you're saying to the point she can pick out your speech impediment. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like she's like, I'm paying attention, but this nigga sucks. It was not good. It was on the strip. It was at Caesar's Palace. This dude, uh, Mike P, had an urban show every Friday. And it was packed, man. Like, beautiful women. It was it was a, like, real nice showroom and everything, dude. Like, it was, like, the spot to be for black people in Vegas on a Friday night. And he ate it, man. He ate it so hard. Hmm. So hard. And then the second worst bomb I've seen, um, it's on the internet, but uh, I'm, I won't say his name because I don't know him. Um, so just not just for last, the Bill Bell, uh, who's got jokes came to Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. New again, I'm a new comic, barely a year in, and I'm like, I'm going down there to watch the taping, and um, so it's going well. And then this comics comic comes out and. Look, looking back, I know where he fucked up. He tried to riff a bit off the top and knew what, no one knew what he was talking about. And they were like, like, what? And then he realized that and then tried to go into his set. So, But his timing and his rhythm was off. So no one really knew where the joke started and, mm. and where they ended. So, dude, he just, he bombed that first segment. It was so bad. So then Bill Bellamy walks out. He was like, man, he handed my man a bottle of water. He was like, here, man, you're going to need to take a sip of that. He was like, man, I had a set like that one time back in 1990. He's like, I ain't never had a set like that. And then everybody was clowning them, dude. Ray J clowned him. Tommy from Tommy <laughs> clowned him. Um, it, it wasn't Regina King. It was the, it was a lady from um, 
Steve Harvey show. The principal. Uh, I think it's Terry Vaughn. No, that might, no it's Raquel. Raquel. Yeah, uh, her. Oh, yeah. Dude, she Ray felt J. bad for him. Bray J clowned him. Dude, it was bad. So they go, all right, man, that was just the first round. Just come back, you know, come back strong the second round. Right. And the, the first round, my man had a paperboy hat on, right? And then the second round, everybody's doing well. He comes out. And the gimmick for this second round was in the wheel. And whatever the subject was, that's what the jokes you had to do. You know, based on that, just kind of off the dome, right? The nigga gets Michael Jackson. It's an all-black room, right? And you go, okay, he can't bomb. It's Michael Jackson. Just do the, yeah. some dances. So he he comes out and he's like doing a little dances and stuff. He goes, oh, where the little boys at? Where the little boys at? Dude, everybody turned on him, man. Everybody mm-hmm. turned on him. I'm not lying, dude. It's like 700 people in this big ass banquet hall, <laughs> the live TV taping, and they turn on him. And then it gets worse. Something happens with the uh, with the taping. Something technical goes wrong and they need him to stand on stage the entire time. He can't leave the stage and he just bombed. He just bombed. Oh, this dude shit. starts crying on stage, man. No, he's he cried. On stage. He's like real crying. tears. He, he's holding back. Yeah, dude, he's trying to hold back tears. He can't leave the stage. Could you imagine bombing in front of like five to 700 people and you can't walk off stage? He stood oh. there for like 10 minutes. To fix camera shit? It was camera shit. Yeah, he couldn't. They needed him on stage. So he's standing there and people are fucking with him. And they're singing End of the Road and like, nah, 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 nah. I mean, they just, they clowning this dude. And he's just trying to hold back tears, man. It was. It didn't act like it's all cool when they come to him on the camera. Like. (laughs) Yeah, dude, it, it was, it was bad, man. Like my friends who were on the show said he grabbed his stuff. And he literally just flew back to where he came. He didn't even stay. He grabbed his stuff and went upstairs, got his bag, and, and flew back to the East Coast. I'll say this. And at the time, I appreciated watching that. It, to me, it was, oh, you know what's funny? My boy I told you about who um who bombed on that Def Jam audition, mm-hmm. he was there laughing. And I was just like, nigga, we were laughing at you like this just two months ago. Bombs are always funny to me when people act like they don't bomb. Like comics will give you a hard time, but it's never like you should quit. It's like, yeah, you had a bad one. Hopefully you stick to it. It's like fall yeah. off a bike. You don't really say quit comedy. Yeah, you don't set that in your career. Yeah, dude. It was ugh. I felt so bad for him, man. But I but in that moment though, I I did I envied the guy. I envied him. Because there was a part of me, I was like, you know what? This is the absolute worst thing that could ever happen to this guy comedically. And I was like, I'm jealous of him because that moment has, it'll never happen again. That's dude. That's the lowest ever. I don't care what that guy does. There's nothing that could ever shake him after that. Nothing. And I envied him for that. I was like, man, I just witnessed the worst moment of this dude's career, but I'm also (laughs) jealous that it's over. Because, like, I know even for me, I haven't had something that bad happen yet. I know that motherfuckers out there just waiting in the universe for, for me, that rock bottom moment. And it's like, what am I going to do? You know what I'm saying? Will I quit? No, you can't, though. I know, but I'm just saying, I don't yeah, know how. Don't feel I, like- yeah, I don't know how hard that's going to shake me to my core when that finally happens, you know? Shit, yeah, those, are, th- those are two of the, the worst I've seen. So, what's your worst bomb then? If you haven't had your worst moment, well, not your, your cuz I know you, when you, once your career starts getting to a certain level you can lose more. That's the part I get nervous about. Yeah, um I got booed off the stage in Cincinnati at a uh, but even like you know Damn Fool, he's a uh, LA guy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. He was there. Kevin something. He's, I think his name is Kevin something. Yeah, I think. Kevin Simpson or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I was super embarrassed because he was there, but then he told me he was like, "Bro, he's like you really didn't bomb because he was like they never gave you a, they booed the guy before you, but they they really didn't even give you a chance." Mm-hmm. But um, so it was it was a uh, it was like Urban Night. I, this chick, Miss like Ebony Brown or something like that. She invited us to do her show. So me and my boy Nate go up there, and this is when I lived in Dayton. So we get there. It's a it's like a Thursday night or something. But it's a it's packed. It's a packed show. Not a seat available. You know, typical like 
hype ass urban show. Mm-hmm. Packed women in there, dope boys in there. It's, it's it's a hot ticket. She goes up and she is killing, and the energy in the room is just magical. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to do this because I really hadn't done a lot of urban. I haven't. I hadn't done a lot of urban shows anymore because mm-hmm. when I moved from Vegas to Dayton, I really didn't do that many urban shows. I just didn't have the opportunity. But I was excited. I'm like, I'm gonna do this black show. It's gonna be dope. So she's killing, right? And then she goes, all right, we're going to get the show started. I'm like, here we go. Because I think I was like second or third. And she goes, oh, I forgot, y'all. She was like, we're going to have a good time. But don't forget, if y'all don't like them motherfuckers, boo they ass. Boo they ass off the stage. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's one of these shows. And I'm thinking like, why did I drive here? Because it was like an hour away. I was like, fuck, man. I don't want to do this shit, man. I feel like getting booed. First first dude goes up. They do okay. They get through the set. White dude goes up next. This motherfucker has on suspenders and all type of shit. And he goes up, and then they slowly just start booing him. And I'm like, fuck, I'm next. And then my boy Nate was like, you got it. So I go up there, and I fucked up. I tried to rip some shit, and it didn't hit. Mm. And I tried to go into one of my jokes, but I told it I told it super shaky. I wasn't confident in it. And, dude, I heard, like, one boo, then two, then five. And then everybody started booing, man. And I just got my ass off stage. I think I was probably up there may, maybe. 30 seconds, <laughs> they booed me very quickly. And then I feel like a piece of shit for this because my boy Nate went after me. And then I, I've told him this, but in my mind, I was like, I hope they boo his ass so we can get the fuck <laughs> out of here. I don't want to stay at this show, man. I don't want to stay here. And this nigga goes up and destroys. And he wants to stay. Oh, shit. So yeah, I got to stay at this. Yeah, the let out. They let it out. He goes up. He killed other kill. Damn fool goes up, destroys. Everybody had a great show. And then, like, as we're leaving, everybody, like, damn, he was funny. He was funny. Like, and they look at me like, damn, that nigga got booed. Oh, that's the nigga that got booed. They booed him. Damn, he got booed. That nigga suck. He got booed. And I was just like, man, I, dude, I felt terrible. But I will say that's probably one of the, probably one of the worst feelings I've had. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was not good, man. I do have this is a new one. I've never really <laughs> talked about this, but all right. So this really wasn't that long ago. Now that I think about it, uh, probably eight or nine months ago, I'm doing a show in Vienna and I'm, I'm still pretty new to marijuana, you know, cause I'm retired from the military. Yeah. So when I'm in DC, I do tend to smoke a lot. And I, I had never like smoked all day before I get up, you know, I'm smoking bowls. My boy, we kicking it, chilling and shit. I got a show that night, bro. I did not come down. And I'm headlining this show for my buddy Ben. Dude, it was horrific. I was like, I was dropping bits in the middle. I just started ranting and and talking about random shit. It was so bad. It was so bad, dude. He didn't even pay me. Damn. How far did you have to drive to it? I was already up in D.C. that weekend. Yeah, I, I felt bad because it's like I had some stuff. Like that, uh, like that Friday and Saturday, and that show was a Sunday. So I was like, oh, I took it because I was like, yeah, I'm already up there. It'll be a good way to round out the weekend. I do these club shows, and then I do this independent show that I'm headlining. But yeah, dude, I spent that whole Sunday just, just smoking, and uh, I learned a valuable lesson. Man, I would never do that shit ever. Yeah, that happened to me once. I had uh, me too, man. I did a show at the Cleveland Improv, and I ate it. Right. I ate an edible the day before, though, but it was at night. I had edible like at one o'clock hanging out with this girl. The next day, I'm still sluggish. And you know, you kind of hung over at 4 p.m. ain't that far. Right. So now it's 5 p.m. I'm like, shit, I ain't ready to go to the club soon. Take a shower, hoping it's going to wake me up again. I mean, they, they hope it's going to wake me up. Uh, I get to the club, seven o'clock show Saturday. It goes so weird. I, I can't tell if they're laughing at me or what's going on. I'm just in that bitch lost. That's how I was, man. I was like, I don't. I was like, how long have I been up here? What's going on? And I was like, did I do this bit yet? And then I would, I would, I would start a joke, and I was like, yeah, I don't like that. And I would just start something else, and then I would stop that one. Dude, it was, it was bad, man. I was, I was very embarrassed and uh, ashamed of myself for doing something. It was very unprofessional. And he was, uh, I felt bad. I emailed him the next day. I apologized that night too, but he was just like, it happens, man. He was just like, it happens. And I emailed him the next morning and I was like, hey, man. I was like, I'm sorry I let you down. And I thought he was going to be like, hey, man, it's cool. He was just like, dude, he wrote this long ass thing. Like, yeah, dude, I'm really disappointed. He was like, I never would have expected that from you. 
and that shit really, really hurt me, man. And but I, I definitely 100% appreciate his, um, his honesty and his candor because it was a, it was a wake up call for me. Because some people say like being high kind of helps them, and I was like, you know, let me give it a shot. But I should have had way more respect for him and his show and what he was doing there. For uh, you know, and for me to do that was like a violation, man. And I, I like, I, I don't, I never do that. Well, when did you start comedy? Because it's something I can hear that you you started when you were like what after twenty eight. Oh yeah, I was twenty eight. Yeah, because you got accountability. Because like, I started around uh, twenty six, twenty seven. So you have you have accountability for a bomb. You talking about yeah, I could have did this better. That's from sports or the military, and you're mature. Because some dudes yeah. would be mad. If somebody said yeah, something. I felt bad. I I had to eat that. It was one hundred. He was one hundred percent within his right to be pissed off and to not pay me, man. Because it was. It was a very, uh, it was, it was fucked up. I would say that's probably one of my worst moments is uh, just getting high and, and trying to do a show. But, you know, I'm here I am fucking around to see if it's going to help me or make me, you know, but yeah, that's not the place. To, that's not the time to do that. It has helped me write though. I will say that it's helped me create silly bits because I'll be right. sitting and some things might be funny so I'll write them down. Same. Yeah. Um, but then I'll try them again sober and see if I got the same energy and it's, if it still feels funny or not. Oh yeah, because I've, I've, I, I run a weekly mic here, and uh, I've I've I like to run my uh, my bits like that by my crowd, and, and we end up just laughing at how ridiculous it is. You know, came up with that while I was uh, inebriated. <laughs> yeah, me and my boy was talking about one we was working on where uh, we was talking about how gay dudes are the last real womenizers because they're the only people that can really hit on people like they used to. Like we can't talk to women the same way. Oh, because- that's good. Of me too. So gay dudes, when they try and fuck, they are on your neck. And they you can't say, man, I'm not interested. Like, you know how you know you ain't never tried? They got all the sales pitch yeah. that we can't do anymore. Man, straight men can't even that's a great bit. I mean, we got a couple, we got a couple of things like I'm talking about because we both had stories about how we've done shows places and gay dudes be at your neck. And if the gay dude sees you, you can't be crazy about it, but you'd be mad at the nigga for talking. You're like, man, it's flattering, but I'm I don't want to, I don't want anything past this. Like, I understand how girls feel now. Like, yeah. I appreciate the compliment <laughs> and the free beer. Thanks. I like, but, I don't, yeah, I don't want anything to progress past this. Not gay. I appreciate it. But, uh, because <laughs> hey, the dude, he was like, he was yeah. trying, he had, I've said, never, I've, been, I've never really had that. It just happens yeah. once it happens. You're like, man, that, that nigga was trying to get some. That's crazy. <laughs> not, not that's crazy, but you're like, man, that nigga, he said all the shit I say to girls. Like, this motherfucker was serious. He was there. He was, he tried to get me. <laughs> but yeah, he was trying to get me. Like, I'm, if I, a weaker man might have fell for that yeah, shit. If I, in my younger days, I would have fell for all that. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah, you know the game. Cause like, I just said this yesterday to somebody. Yeah. Just a tip. Oh, yeah, I know, I know that trick. About, you can't have friends. Nigga, if you don't get oh. the fuck out of my face, sir, like, <laughs> we are in our 30s. Ain't no new friends. Yeah, no, sir. We, I can't have friends, man. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's that's a good bit, man. Definitely keep that shit. That's good. I'm going to try because I don't want to sound homophobic because I'm not. Nah, man, that's, that's yeah, funny. Like a, I'm giving them props to being the last real men. It's like the way you play on words. Like, they the last real niggas out here talking shit to girls. And the only problem is niggas are girls. <laughs> They whole, try to score. And the whole punchline is not, yeah. And the punchline is you saying, you saying like maybe in my younger days you would have got yeah. you would have got me, but I'm older and wiser. It's like I know what's yeah. going on. Yeah, that's not homophobic, man. That's hilarious. Yeah. Another one I had was Girl Scout badges for um types of niggas they date. And like every girl, like you know, girl, when you fuck a certain dude, you get a, a badge of like you learn oh, that's that funny. Experience. Like the um the nice guy badge, good morning text nigga. Uh oh, the that's funny. Apartment. you know, when a girl first get old. The first dude is first apartment. You ain't sneak fucking no more. You fucking staying at night. So yeah, like just those type funny. of guys you meet. Damn, that's what, those are good. I'm I mean, jealous. I ain't got nothing but time. I ain't got nothing but time, man. And I got a baby on the way, so no, I can't really. I'm trying to push the gas on everything. Any bit oh, I congrats. I don't know yet. I mean, it's congrats with the woman. She's great and wonderful, but I'm just hoping I don't fuck up because fatherhood is scary, dude. You know, you'll be, you'll be fine, man. It's it's very. I'm dude. I'm scared now. My son is seven. I'm terrified every day. If you, you know, your parents still around, you know, your parents, yeah. you know, you know, people who have kids that ask a lot of questions. That's the thing, man. You don't, it's all new. It's all new. Like, like now my son, he wants to get on the computer and stuff. So for years, me, uh, I'd never had to really worry about like locking my computer down and putting all these precautions and all that kind of stuff. Now that's a part of parenthood that I'm about to enter that now I have to be aware of like, uh, you know, just all these different chat rooms and, you know, websites that he's going to want to be on. I got to be up on all that shit now. You know what I'm saying? 
So yeah, you got to do it together with them. You can't let them right. babysit them. You got to be right there pushing. You got to click all the shit. Like, I got it. Don't touch nothing else. Right. Because, yeah, because he's got a Chromebook, but I got it all locked down. Anything he wants to go to, I get a text saying, hey, he's trying to get on this. He's, can he can he have permission to that? You know, and then he's getting into these games and stuff, and he wants to download these betas and play games. I've been out of it for like 10, 12 years. So I'm rusty. He wants to build a computer. So we got to build a computer and I got to do all that. You know, it's just, it's a constantly, the, the, it's a, it's a constantly evolving thing. It's like, once you get comfortable, you get a routine, they're on to something else. You know what I'm saying? Shit. I was that kid too. Yeah. It's like, once you learn how to change diapers and like, I got good at the diapers. I got, I got good at making the bottles. I have my systems. Boom. It's something else. Then you get used to that. Boom. It's something else. It's just always just changing. I mean, I I couldn't do it alone. I know that. I be feeling like I don't know how these guys do it. Like, it's a, it's, like it's a lot. Yeah, so we. I mean, we uh, we working on it. We just we preparing for it. We the best we can. You be good, man. You be good. At first, you'll be awkward trying to like get the car seats in the car. That's funny, man. Because that's like a skill you lose quickly. Because I was trying to help my sister some months back get my niece in the car. And I was like, I don't know how to get this shit clicked in. It's just like, it's like I haven't had either car seat for like four years now. And like all the connections and shit change and how it buckle up is different now. And yeah, it's, just, it's always changing, man. So, but you, you, you'll enjoy it, man. As long as you want her to get, y'all get along, man. And y'all like each other, or love each other, whatever y'all, as long as y'all work willing to work together, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be frustrating, but it'll, it'll be fun. That's fair. I you seem like you'll be a good dad, man. You got you got good dad glasses. You got good- <laughs> I'm trying, man. I I think I'm calm now. I used to be very snap judgment and say the wrong thing because I'll say how I feel, but I'm not thinking that the way I'm delivering it is gonna be taken fucked up. And oh. then, man, me and my girl, we had. She told me her. Uh, we don't. We didn't really have a fight, and I didn't know that we almost had a fight. Um, was Christmas because she was teasing me about going to sleep first and I snapped on her and then we've been teasing people about who go to sleep first all the time because she always goes to sleep first I'm teasing I always tease her about it she gave me one kind of hit about like I guess we fell asleep this time and I'm like it don't fucking matter I snapped her for no reason I was mad I had no bookings in January I had nothing going on so I'm panicking like nigga I ain't got no gigs. You want to fuck around and talk about who went to sleep first? Yeah. <laughs> and it was Christmas Day. I'm in her apartment. It's Christmas Day. I snapped on her. She wow. almost kicked me out. She told me today. We was talking yeah. on the phone. And I almost kicked you out on Christmas. And I'm pretty sure that would have been the end. Yeah, maybe you won't snapped be. Snapped on me dead. so fast. I'm like, damn. Wow. I had you all wrong, JB. <laughs> I had you wrong. <laughs> no, nah, it was damn. dumb. It was just a fake. An- it's like dumb anger. It wasn't like I was going to do something, too. I just snapped at it. I never... It was never like out of nothing. Look, but look, if if any women listen to this podcast and you look look at his calendar first, if he got dates that that previous, I mean that that preceding month, you can you can talk shit. But if ain't nothing on the books, you got to be careful. We stressed out. We stressed. Dang, I, it was December. It was Christmas Day, and she trying to be funny. I'm like, bitch, right. ain't no jokes getting told at all in this I month. Ain't got nothing on the books. <laughs> yeah, like you don't want to tell the jokes now, huh? So I can't have shit. Yeah. Yeah, man, that is scary, man. Yeah, but I, I did. I re- we talked about it. we talked it out a lot. We've been talking about me and my uh, talking of to her a certain way. Of, of course, yeah. yeah. I never called her out her name. We just I talked to her in a rude manner, and she's like, "Yo, man, I don't like that." And I was like, "That's fair. You, we have conversations. We don't just get mad at each other and shut it down." So we figured right. we are open to yeah, having it. But the fear of bombing for that is bigger than the fear of any stage for me. Oh, she ain't lying, man. Like, nigga, I can yeah. die tomorrow. I've done enough cool shit in comedy that's like, nigga, I, I can say I'm a comedian at least. That's all I shout out to be the first place. Like, this is all new. Right. <laughs> right. Being outside of Cleveland has been cool. Meeting people I've met is dope as fuck. Hey, man, as long as you want to be a good dad, man, you'll, you'll be fine, man, because that, that desire will, will keep pushing you to get better and better. But uh, it is exhausting, but it's very rewarding. You know, it is. Hopefully, I can get a beard out of all this shit too. It'd be nice to find. Oh, you're gonna be stressed out. Yeah, that's it's gonna grow in thick. I need one because right now this is just the it's like the '90s beard where it's like the little line at the bottom. Yeah, it ain't little, really cool. yeah. nothing, nothing on the cheeks, just on the, the jawline. The little Lloyd Banks, uh, yeah, chin strap. Yeah, it's like this shit is horrible. Like she told me to keep it for now because she's pregnant and shit. So it's like, yeah, I'm looking. Well, we plus it's a fucking quarantine. We both look homeless and shit. Right. 
she rock a half afro, half twisty thing. I don't know what it is, but I love her regardless. I just say, man, your hair looks nice today. She'll try and put it under a wig when she got to make a run. It's like, nigga, nobody cares with the mask on. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, nobody. Not right now. You ever yeah. notice uh, Method Man has had the same beard ever since? It's yeah. never changed. It's the same boop, boop. It's never changed. His facial hair has always been like, he's had the same exact haircut for 25 years. And he looked exactly the same. Yeah, and Ice Cube too. Ice Cube beard kind of got a little fuller, but then he keep that he keep the goatee type thing too. He yeah, didn't really face hair change him. Yeah, they don't, it's gonna be weird to see like guys our generation like what they're gonna be stuck doing. Cause you know how like guys will make fun of like the old man with the Stacys and you know like mm -hmm. but what's what's our generation old head gonna be? Is he still gonna be wearing like skinny jeans and like little chains? Like Cause we all wear the same, like from the waist up, all of us dress the same. Every man wears hoodies. Like it's not even a, a thing. We don't wear suit jackets, like mad, mad men and shit. Every dude That's wears true. hoodies. So when we all wear hoodies now, it's kind of hard to like a dad. Cause I don't know what a dad should dad. wear. <laughs> I know, man. Cause I'm always worried like about that too. Like, do I look like a dad, like a dad dad? I think it's a man's problem. I think as men, we do that. Like, cause we are, we're just little boys who grew up. We never really got the right of passage from anybody. We just, like, we waiting for just, it still. Right. I'm just, I can just get somebody pregnant. There was no, yeah. yeah. I don't look bigger. Like my dad still is, look, he, I still look at him like he's a bigger dude than me. Like when do my man muscles kick the fuck in? It's, it's not going to, man. I, I, I still don't feel like an adult. Yeah, I think our generation is that way. I think uh, everybody who had the, everybody who got Cosby and got inspired, we just never really learned what the fuck. When did adulthood start kicking ass? Because we still having fun. Right. <laughs> it's like, this is supposed to be boring. It's just we out here having a great time. I know, man. Well, yeah, yeah, generation. Well, we got lucky with the internet. Like, we was old enough where the internet came and it was a tool for us. It wasn't a way of life. These new niggas, they got a way of life. They don't know anything before the internet. Right, yeah. <laughs> so they only they don't know anything about real fun. They just know how to imitate it. It's like, no, nah, this, it. it, right. this is a shortcut. You do you you don't know the shortcut. We knew the real shit. Yeah, it's weird, man. Like trying to come, trying to come. I, I get that there's not a lot of kids in our neighborhood, but like just trying to convince my son like how much fun outside can be. He just be like, nah, man, I don't know, man. Yeah, and then he like, start riding his bike, and we play. Football and, and soccer and stuff, and you go, Oh, I like being outside. I'm like, See, you can do a lot of stuff out here, man. Yeah, I'm gonna think I'm gonna force my, I don't know what I'm having yet. So, if it's a girl, I'm gonna try to get her a, a WNBA scholarship. Just get, just don't, I mean, don't worry about WNBA, just play college ball and get a just free play education. Ball, yeah, like you ain't gotta be that great. Just take a nigga's shooting hand away. Just don't let them score on you. You got a career, <laughs> bro. I watched this girl, she was doing some dribble drills, man, like from the top of the key. And she just straight up drove it to the rack and dunked it. And this is a, I'm oh, like, shit. wow. Yeah, she was doing the crossovers through the cones. And then when she got to the free throw line, she took the power dribble and she dunked it. And I was just like, they've come a long way. Oh, yeah. They're, they're little... They've come a long way, man. I, know I used to coach girls. Oh, yeah? High school. High school JV and varsity, man. It was, they were, the JV was what you expect from girls who ain't played till this year. Because a lot of girls don't play seventh, eighth grade. Uh okay. So they first time playing up picking the basketball up is a freshman and they playing JV already. So it's like you throwing yeah. them to the wolves. Yeah. Cause I rem I remember going home a couple of times on leave and my sister played, but they went to like really small Christian schools. Mm -hmm. So it was really bad basketball. Like, I remember <laughs> going and dude, I'm talking their game a full on full court high school girls game, like twelve to eighteen. Final score. Yeah, that was always hard to watch. Yeah, yeah. not fun, man. Not fun. Yeah, I, watching the JV games was rough because it's like, man, if I play like an AAU, I could tell when it would be an AAU coach because he would always just do a press. And it's oh, like, man, yeah. yeah, these kids can't dribble, but like, come on, man, we do a press to you, we both look like jackasses. So I'm like, yeah, that was the worst, man. That was the worst because I went to a private Catholic school. And um, my first couple of years, we were still in what they called the City Catholic League, because mm. most of the most of the Catholic schools were in the inner city, but there's not a lot of black kids. So you have have you have all these suburban kids who came from even smaller sub um, like um, uh, Catholic schools that were actually tied to like a a church. Like that's how Rochester was, and 
they really weren't athletically inclined as a school. And hmm. bro, that's what they would do. We would play these Catholic, we would play these city school teams, and it would be nothing but just all black dudes in Puerto Ricans just beating us in football, basketball. It was bad. And like you said, we would play basketball. They just put that full court press on, man. Man, they would just run the score up 95 yeah. to 23. I mean, just dunking on us and stuff. Yeah. Not fun. Yeah. I remember I, I even told the coach, I said, hey, man, I don't know why you're doing this. <laughs> like I said, hey, man, these are girls. They don't they don't love basketball enough to have this ass whooping happen and they're going to come back next year. Like, this is their first time playing. Yes. It's like you're making this not fun, man. Yeah, like, dude, you, you're you gonna can win by so ten. Just, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you're still kids. You can win by ten. You're not playing a video game. Yeah, man. And like, man, I'm just saying, if your kids, I said, don't talk shit to me, man. Like, this is not the time. We're both adults, and these are kids playing basketball. Yeah, and it's like it's JV, bro. Relax. Yeah, yeah. but the varsity, I told the varsity, hey, man, fuck it, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. he's like, cause I, I coach both teams. He was coaching. He was only the JV coach. Right. I'm like you got the worst, ta- you got the worst of the best talent. JV's not; a, it's a farmer team. Because if I got a good player, I'm putting them on varsity. Right. So like, if I got a, my point guard, she's swinging. She doing both. She playing two quarters here, two quarters here. Ain't no right. need for the fifth quarter because I don't have enough players for that. But we just you can sit varsity and play at least one quarter. But I'm like this shit, dude. You really on some trash with these JV kids? <laughs> so the varsity. I'm like, fuck it. We gonna press. I hate press because I it's, I know basketball. Like it's just, it's garbage in high school because nobody can really dribble. So yeah. I'm like, man, just press. Fuck it. They're not throwing the ball that far. One, their arm strength ain't shit. They're girls. Not knocking them. But yeah. they can't. No, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, LeBron just... James throws a fucking bomb. Not every kid can yeah. throw one. You got to be a certain specimen to throw a fucking half-court accurate bomb. Right. So, yeah. Like, all right, we're on pressing. We drove the score. It was 14, about 14 at halftime. I'm like, you know, I can stop pressing because I know the rule is 20. And I fuck up. Like, I know the rule is 20, so I keep it. You know, I'm not going to hit 20, though. I'm going to press you the whole game. Because of your your JV assistant coach, like you're not gonna get close. Yeah. You'll be 14 to 18 points. I won't beat you by more than 20. Yeah. I'm telling you what that's we're gonna the do. Worst. Oh, I told that's I told the whole player. I said I told him at halftime. I said your point guard is left-handed. That's all she got. She's not getting past half court now. We're putting the press on. She'll inbound the ball and she'll get it and she'll get stuck at half court. That's it. Yeah. And I'm like so, you know because y'all assholes. I said y'all assholes, man. I said I fuck with you because I know y'all, but y'all assholes for this. Damn. I said the one that go to the papers varsity. By the way, JV don't have. Yeah. JV don't get no ink, nigga. So that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, I used to yeah. love. I miss coaching. Now I might. Well, depending on what you know, gender. If it's a boy, I'm not taking that pressure. I'm not doing that with no boy. It's too hard. <laughs> he might not like. He might not like basketball. That's that's even better. He can be a thinker and not be a. a just oh, for a, real? Yeah. So you you don't you won't mind? No, I wouldn't that's mind if, you, if a girl. If it's a girl, I want to get sports because that that market's open. Boy market for sports is just oversaturated, and they get poisoned with soccer. Man, go soccer. I see that my nephew plays soccer. He's a great kid. He's in the military now. Dude, no I'm, I'm, okay, I'm, dude, I'm all about soccer now, man. My boy got me hooked up, uh, hooked up, hooked on uh, the Premier League. I love it, man. It's so much fun to watch. People think it's it's boring, but it is. It's not boring in the least bit, man. In the least bit, you can watch it for free now with that uh, NBC Sports Gold. You can mm-hmm. just watch all the Premier League games. I'm telling you, man, it's dope. Um, check it out. Well, if you if you just like sports, I would highly recommend you checking out the uh, Sunderland Till I Die documentary on Netflix. Um, that's about it. Do you know how the Premier League works in, in over there? Mm-mm. Well, real quick, I don't want I don't want to turn this into a soccer podcast, but you got the Premier League, which is the top league over there. Then you have Championship League, which is below it. Then you have League Two and League One and League Two. And the th- what Premier League, the bottom three. If you if if you finish in the bottom three at the end of the season, you get relegated down to the league below you. And then the top two teams in the pro- Championship League get promoted. The third team, the third best team, has to do a playoff. The th- I think the third and fourth team or whatever, yeah. they have to do a playoff or whatever. Whoever wins that playoff, they get moved bumped up to uh, the Premier League, and it's a ton of money in it. And the Sunderland Till I Die documentary is about this team who was, they had a lot of history, but they got relegated and it's them uh, trying to play their way back into the um, Premier League now that they're in the Championship League. It's, it's dude, it's a, it's a riveting, it's a riveting docu- document, man, documentary, uh, documentary, sorry. It's, okay. it's, it's so good, man. And, uh, dude, I think it would change the face of professional sports here if they had, 
if we had a system like that where like the bottom three teams get kicked out of the NBA and you go down to like another league, yeah, you know, because like, you got to win the next year to come back, right? You got to, yep, yep, you got to win the championship to, to get back in the league. And the bottom but three, yeah. these kids now don't have fight in them, like these new NBA because they these kids are told they're great too soon, they're always told the next LeBron, like, nigga, those are once in a lifetime players. Like, me and my boy had this argument last night. He's talking about, man, nah. He's like, man, Jordan still ain't better than LeBron. I said, man, I'm going to tell you one yeah. argument. I said, nigga, no one's ever said LeBron James is the Michael Jordan of basketball. So, shut the fuck up. Like, right. And after watching this documentary uh, this weekend, man, I'm like, he's the best hands down. And I know and I know, there's a, a little bit of, like, you know, uh, emotion in there. But that nigga's the GOAT, man. Michael Jordan is the GOAT. You don't start. He he didn't come he in just go, winning. Bro. He made himself a winner. Right. A lot of these guys, they're told, oh, you're the chosen one. It's like, yo, man, he's great. Yeah. The greatest right, is man. different. Like, we're not even saying he's not great. LeBron is great. Yeah. He's not the have, greatest, though. Have you have you been watching the documentary? Yeah, I watched all four sides. I'm actually doing a um, thing with my other friend. We just, like, talk about it on uh, his podcast. Did you? Did you, Okay, let me ask you this. I know you, I don't know what else you got going on, but did you notice this? Um... I want to. It was in the, one of the first two episodes. They show some footage of of uh, they show some early footage of um, Magic Johnson, mm-hmm. and you see him on the floor with all the other players, and you go, "Man, this dude don't move like these other guys." You could tell Magic Johnson was the next evolution of basketball player. You could tell by the way he was moving, how he looked. You know, all those other guys they played that old school like. 70s. He was the first star. Like Magic yeah. was a star, yeah. and Bird was an anti. Like, Bird was like the humble white guy, but this new Negro, right? Smiling, articulate enough, surviving right. in LA like crazy, and making can, a win. Yep, and you could just tell just the way he played the game. Like, like, oh, the, the game is changing. He's the next evolution to the game. And then, like last night, after watching, like, uh, uh. The uh, when they showed them beat the Lakers and just watching, and I, I love Magic Johnson. I think he's one of the, I think he might be the best basketball player to play the game. Just, I, I love Magic Johnson, but just watching how he, how he moved in the court at the time and mm-hmm. watching Michael Jordan move, I'm like, dude, the way that Michael, that, that Magic Johnson, that was the old way of playing ball, and Michael Jordan was the new guy. And then you see it with like LeBron when, you know, like Iverson came in, like, this is how you play ball now. You know, Vince Carter, this is how you play ball. You just, it's cool watching the torch okay. get handed down. And now you watch like, God, you, you Curry. watch um, Curry. Yeah, Curry changed the game. Uh, Guyana's, dude, I, I don't really watch a lot of ball like I used to, but dude, watching yeah. like Luka Doncic and those dudes play ball, they taking it to a whole nother level, man. It's crazy to see the skill sets that these dudes have now. Cause that was such a rare thing. Like you saw a little bit, little bit of it from like Detlef Shrimp back in the day. He yeah. showed a little bit. Tony Kukoc, you know, to a degree, yeah, same the, thing. Jump shot, power forward. Right. Vladi Divac had a little bit of European in them with the passes and the flopping and stuff. But like now, these dudes got handles. They shooting. I mean, crazy threes. I mean, I, it's it's changed the game, man. Cause I remember people being blown away that like Stojakovic was he's six nine and he can shoot. Yeah. But then you would hear stories like, hey, man, like when they they didn't like, I guess over in Europe, they didn't really care about this position stuff. They didn't like break up and go, OK, you're a big mm-hmm. man. Go do the mic and drill. They're like, no, we shooting threes. Everybody shot threes. Mm-hmm. And over here, that was unheard of. Like I went to a small school, dude, and I played basketball. I was six two. They would get mad at me for shooting jump shots. And I'm only six two. Yeah, I had the same like, bullshit happen. Could you imagine, yeah. If, could you imagine like back in the day being six five, taking jumpers in high school? They would be like, man, what are you doing? Especially if you just went to a yeah. regular high school. You know what I'm saying? And the worst well, part, it'd be some nigga that's five, six trying to scream at you like, nigga, you are done after this grade. Yeah, like, this is like your last year in basketball. Anywhere, dude. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, can, I need to know how to dribble. I'm a point guard in real life. Like, what the right. fuck? Right. I know, man. And not that I, because I was, I'm not that athletic, but it's just, I felt like that really stunned me as a basketball player because the school I went to, and again, not the saying I was going to go D1 or even D3 or nothing, but it's just like I really didn't get a chance to really play the game like I could have because I went to this small, shitty school and I was 6'2 and the big dude, the tallest mm-hmm. kid on the and I had to be a center 
playing against somebody 6'10". Yeah, I got told I was a power forward in, in uh, grade school. And I, I broke down the stats. I'm like, Allen Iverson is 6'2". That time was Allen Iverson. I'm like, Allen Iverson is 6'2". He's a guard. Why yeah, would I be playing power forward? Like, I'm not going to... Our point guard is 5'9". He won't be getting taller than this. I can right. still dribble, though. It's not right. crazy for a 6'2 guy to dribble. Right. I know. What are you doing dribbling? It's just like... It's part of the game. I mean, like the big man's a six seven, not six in high school. Six two is just uh, average height after a while. That's, that's not crazy. You're tall to girl. That's it. You're only tall to girls at six two. Even now, sometimes depending on what your skill set is, if you're six two, they can be like, hey, you kind of undersized. Because, dude, I, I was a huge, uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Juan Dixon back mm-hmm. in the day. We played. Yeah. I used to love Juan Dixon, but for how he played, they always, they were like, he's too small. He's not going to make it in the league. But I'm like, there's other two, other like six two guards in the league, but for what he did at the time, that shit didn't work out for him, man. No, he didn't. He didn't have a great career. They they were right. I was same with Sebastian Telefair. He was a from high school kid. He was only yeah. six foot, right? And maybe not even that for real. But he was a real short guy. Yeah, and he tried. He was fast, but the, the handles that was street ball handles. Those was with defense that didn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> go, yeah, it's just like, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't be a guard like when you're a point guard skipping to go straight to the league. You got to be fast because you yeah. not you have no size. Right, and then yeah, them, you just get straight up bodied. Yeah, because the point guards bodied. is trying to kill you. Like you come into a league where point guards are starting to kind of get forgotten, but they all killers. Every team got at least one good. Every team, but ain't too many not teams. Teams with no point guard. They're all professional. They might not all yeah. be Russ, but they they all they're all serviceable guards. Yeah, dude, that's that, a great word for them. It's changed so much, man. Cause dude, bro, remember Sam Cassell used to post up other guards. And he was like six three, maybe Same six, with Derek maybe Fisher. six four. Derek Fisher had an audacity to body somebody. Yeah, they used to post up a posting point guard. And then you look at that on in, in the NBA, you go, that's crazy. But if you saw that. At the gym, somebody's six four posting somebody, it'll make sense. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just like, hey, yeah, this is the NBA, but this is also a six four matchup versus a six one. Why wouldn't I post this dude up? You know what I'm saying? It makes if sense. Have, Jordan would post up guards his size, him being six six. He right. got in at six six and six uh and under. Yeah. I, so I love like, that, man. I I'm, I'm I am loving this documentary, man. I'm loving it. I'm I'm loving it, man. It's 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 bringing back so many memories, man. And it's just something about seeing that dude on TV again, man. That young Jordan, it just makes you feel good, bro. Just seeing all those dudes, man. Yeah. Smart. Like Rob, just, I forgot how Robin was with the Spurs for a minute, and it was I did like, too. I forgot because that's too. when he started cutting his hair. I, I remember the ten jersey. I think I even had a black one. I remember. Yeah. No, it's funny because like after that, after. They uh they said that I go oh yeah he was on there and I remember thinking like he was too much for that team because that was mm-hmm. such like a uh they were kind of a quiet Weird, boring yeah. team you know what I'm saying like Popovich didn't want to put up with that he Popovich needed more people who could kind of like toe the line and not really make make waves yeah, he don't that's do technical not, fouls well he don't, he he plays so tight he can't risk you giving away points right that's that's not he's not willing to even risk that they were very you know just. Uh, traditional kind of team, man. And yeah, it just didn't fit. But yeah, that's... Did you... I, and I noticed too, man, like, I like I, I forgot that Oakley used to play for the Bulls back in the day. Oh, I remember that. He from, he's from Cleveland. So I, I see, forget, see him around here every once in a while too. I forgot about that. Yeah, him and Jordan are still friends. It's kind of cool. Like they that, still Yeah, that is. Around each other. You know what's funny too? Jordan... Even though they were just role players, Jordan did get people on his team that he kind of battled with in the past. You know? Oh, get Ron Rodman. Harper. Ron Harper, Rodman. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, okay, this dude. But it was more of a respect, like, this guy will be a good piece to help me. But it wasn't like, I need him to come in here and, you know, be a big Because even without Horace Grant, they still played. Remember when he came back and it was 4-5 for the couple games? Right. He was, they were out without Horace Grant, but, you know, he was with the, the Magic. He still, right. they still maintained enough. <laughs> right. Yeah. He did get some pieces, man. And it, I, I, it was just, it was just, it was just cool to kind of put it all together. Cause back then I just really didn't, I just liked the game. I really wasn't into like all the, you know, who played where and who did this kind of stuff. I was just like, I just like to watch. Yeah, I really wasn't. Even the first run was kind of dope. The first run he had BJ Armstrong, John yep. Paxson was there before Steve Kerr and Ku coach. 
And he had uh, Bill Cartwright. Craig Hodges was a three-point champion. Like, right, he had yeah. weapons there, too. It was like he always had a decent squad, but it wasn't like now where they compare every player has great stats. It's like, yeah. Yeah. That's because social media makes everybody a fucking brand or whatever right. they want to call themselves. But half the niggas ain't gonna be all stars, right? I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I did. I didn't realize how bad Pippen's contract was. Man, well, it wasn't that bad though. Like at the and, time, I mean, just I guess I'm looking at it through the eyes of today. Like, man, and, and you go, that's Scotty Pippen. That's how much he was making. You know, because his next he made more than Jordan. His wife, his ex wife, showed that he's doing fine. Like he had made. Oh yeah, I know, I, yeah, I know. I saw that. We doing okay. <laughs> 122 million yeah. for, uh, for the next when he got his years done with um because the Blazers and Lakers now Blazers and um I think the Blazers paid him good but I think okay. he played somewhere else too he played did for the Rockets too did he oh, okay played with Barkley he it was him Barkley and somebody else and they never really they didn't get out the block they thought it was gonna be the year they're gonna get their championship Oof. And they bro, he, yeah. the Lakers came out of nowhere and fucked everybody up See, that's nobody, why, nobody saw yeah. Kobe coming like that nope dude that's why Mike is dope. Because I think there were so many guys from that era who, when they came out with that top 50 of all time, mm-hmm. from that era, that don't have a ring because of that nigga. <laughs> Reggie Miller Mike. hated him. They all had, It was an NBA thing. I'm going to let you go after this, my fault. It was an NBA thing where it was Reggie Miller, Steve Smith, and one more guard from the East who talked about how they hated All-Star Weekend because they knew they were great players. They were really good top 10 rankings. But Michael Jordan getting the guaranteed spot for the shooting guards. So that means you only got three more guard spots on the all-star team and somebody ain't going to make it because you right. still have like Reggie Miller going to be on the team. So then Steve Smith, like, I was one of the top guys, but the Knicks had a guy too that had good stats. And it was like, I think Allen Houston was the guy he was talking about. Right, yeah. I, I he, he, a huge Allen Houston fan. He, he just left, when Steve Smith left the Knicks, he went to the Hawks and he didn't get another all-star no matter where he was ranked because they still had you know, Jordan was taking a guaranteed spot. Yep, dude. Steve Smith, he is one of the most underrated dudes to me, man. He was a straight-up killer. Wait, Thompson type. Quiet. Yeah, he was quiet, but, like, he came up in the air where there were some big names in those positions, mm-hmm. man, and he just, he was a quiet dude, but he would drop 25 on you very quietly. It was different hype. Like now, every yeah. every player is the next great something. It's like they're not all great. Some of these right. niggas are just they're just they're just pacers. Like no offense to the pacers, but nobody thinks the pacers are gonna win. They just like yeah, they're a great team. They should still be an NBA team, but they're not gonna win a championship. Yeah. They had a chance. They came close. The he the he man the, that Phoenix team the Phoenix team he beat was great. All those Knicks teams he beat mm-hmm. were great. He beat some. Dude, <laughs> that's what's great. He beat some great starting fives that would scare people. Like yeah, even the, the Hornets had Larry Johnson, uh, Muggsy Bogues, and Alonzo Mourning. So he, he, people talking about a big too. three. That that's a three for your ass. Yeah, he do. Yeah. Can you can you imagine being that good? And the thing is, it there was, bro. There was no discussion about it. Jordan you know was what I'm so. Saying? Jordan yeah. was so good. You don't even care who the rookie of the year was. The rookies didn't matter. It didn't matter. You don't he know who the rookie the of the year best. was. And uh, you know who the rookie of the year was in 94. <laughs> when Jordan had it for the three-peat year, you don't care who the rookie is. No. They didn't make the playoff. They didn't matter. That's crazy. That's how good that dude was, man. He just, they, he was, man, Mike was, even, even Magic Johnson was like, yeah, we lost to the best, man. He was, he yeah, was he's like, it was, he's like, I knew it was happening. I knew Jordan, was like, I think it was Jordan did what LeBron could have. Right. The year that they had the puppets, the Lakers were going to go to the championship. LeBron was supposed to meet Kobe there. And that's when he had the magic beat him on that sucker shit. It was like, oh, my nigga. Is that when he walked off the court too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, think the, I think the Celtics beat him and then the magic beat them. But it was some weird shit because it was supposed to be the Celtics. They already got beat by the uh, Lakers. They were going to be back. But I think the, the okay. Cavs lost to the magic and the magic played yeah, the Lakers yeah. at championship and they damn near got swept. Because nobody wanted to see them niggas there. It's like, why the, why the magic here? They're not going to win one game against these Lakers. This is the Kobe-driven right. uh, two centers. He got two yeah. shacks now. Like yeah. He got Gasol and buying them acting right. Right. He wasn't going to lose. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. LeBron's supposed to be him there, and they supposed to have that face-off. And LeBron, he ducked that shit on some whole shit to me. Like, you could have beat the fucking magic. You mean tell me Rashad Lewis was, was busting your ass? 
Nelson was the guy who put you out of the playoffs. <laughs> and you in Cleveland talking like this. Wow. I'm a Laker fan. I'm a Laker fan for life. I was doing oh, okay. Magic. Magic was the first dude I saw. And I followed Kareem Abdul Jabbar was on the team. And I, I watched I watched the finals that they beat the Pistons. That was my first basketball experience with the Pistons getting um in the Lakers in the championship. Okay. I think the Pistons won that one actually. So when they came back and the Pistons ain't make it, I didn't know the whole hype. I knew Jordan was this great player, but I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about the real Jordan. Like the, the right. I'm gonna kill these niggas Celtic 63 Jordan. So yeah. When he beat the Lakers, I'm like, God damn. I just became a Laker fan. They're the best team ever. <laughs> the Showtime Lakers. I'm obsessed with the Showtime Lakers. Oh, right, dude. Worthy. Yeah. Dude. That's why I really like in this documentary, man, because it's like I'm getting more information about that. Like I knew about the 63. I knew about all this stuff. I knew how he wanted to beat them. But just to hear all the emotion and the and the media hype and all the, you know, to hear all that behind it made me go, oh, you know what I mean? For the, yo, yo, for them to, for him to like get that whole team to not take the summer off and just work, and to then they, it paid off. To win is like, but that's why it goes different. Like, guy, only other guy you've heard that worked like this was Kobe. You can't watch that documentary and not even think about that dude, man. Yeah, it was like, I get the Bron shit, but it's like, Bron ain't never had to do this. He never had to be this tough. Right. And, and, I, yeah. and like I, love, I love LeBron, dude, but I'm with yeah. you, bro. I'm a Kobe fan. Oh, Le- Kobe airballed free- down. He airballed a free throw, airballed, airballed two three-pointers. They got put out the playoffs. LeBron gets swept in the in the, the finals against the Spurs and didn't come back a killer. Right. He came back complaining. Every year he lost, he came back complaining, saying, I need more help. Say, like, well, Jordan yeah. never said I needed more help. He got draft picks that he made him work. Like, right. The fact uh, LeBron couldn't keep that Kyrie team together is blows my mind. Kevin Love came here for you. He did. That's that's what, yeah, he had, yeah. Because I was like, oh, okay, they they moving some pieces there. But to me, and I, and I like LeBron, man. And for him to be, to have the status that he has, I was talking to my boy. I go, there has to be something going on for somebody to want to play with this dude. And you can't say that is Cleveland because people went to Chicago to play. With, you know what I'm saying? It, it has to be a personality thing if you can't get other people to play with you, man. It has to be. Because of the Wayne Wade thing, like the, the year he had, all, when they lost Kyrie, the team made hella moves. They got Dwayne Wade, Derrick Rose, and Isaiah Thomas. That's three guards that are all MVP arguments. D Rose right. won an MVP. Dwayne Wade was always number two or three when he was in his prime. And then Isaiah Thomas was a, a two. He was a runner up the three years ago. So it's like, how do you get these three guards you can rotate in and out and you say you can't work with them? Yeah, I don't know, man. He, he seemed like he's just difficult to work with, man. With AD shit, I don't get the Anthony Davis thing because, like, you had that player on your team. Y'all, yeah, y'all supposed to be dropping fit 40. Y'all playing above the rim. Like, there's nobody doing it like that anymore. Right. And you got Dwight Howard. Like, you got Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis on the same team. Right. And they, people still argue, he had, you look who everybody else had hope. Everybody else had better help than LeBron. It's like, no, they didn't. Kyrie's right. one of the best point guards you've ever seen dribble the ball since Iverson. Right. Like, only yeah. problem with Kyrie is he don't know how to pass yet. He's still dribble, like, he the king. It's like, you're second, nigga, chill. Right. <laughs> I like Kyrie. Oh, I like him too, but I think yeah. he needs to become a, a better point guard, not just a good guard. He's he, he trying to score, and he dribble, yeah. dribble, dribble, dribble. It's like, nigga, you got four niggas who are all NBA players. They right. ain't trying to watch you live out your dreams, crossing right. things over. Right, and that's what that's funny because Phil had to get uh, Michael Jordan to realize that shit too. Like, dude, you, you, why? Why? It's like I get it, but you don't have to score thirty five every night. That's a lot mm-hmm. of work. You know what I'm saying? When you already get everybody, everybody know you gonna get the ball. Show them that you got a team. You, yeah. if a team wins, nobody argues. Like, nobody ever says anyone on that Dolphin team that went undefeated sucks. No matter who's on that team, you can't <laughs> argue and say anybody sucks on that team. You're right, man. Like there's no weak links. They didn't lose a game at all. Yeah, we yeah. That's very. I never thought about that. You're right. You can't. You can't talk shit. Yeah, like people yeah, can say, man. "Oh man, they weren't the greatest." Actually, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the look best at those team ever. Look at those Piston teams that they that were beating the Bulls. They even say they weren't the best team, but those dudes worked hard. Yeah, they, they had the best player. They had the best team. Yeah. They always had a good. Think about the year they won when they beat the Lakers. Yeah, the return of the bad boys, but they weren't really beating niggas up. They just, yeah. their defense was real. They was yeah, having, they, they averaged seventy-seven points on defense. Yeah, they just, they just wore you down. You know, you just couldn't make a lot of mistakes. You weren't getting a lot of second opportunity shots. They had 
great rebounding rebounders. Do you know who still baffles me to this day is Tayshawn Prince. I never thought he was dope, but that dude got so lucky to end up in a system where he just, hey, man. Be long help. It was like having yeah, a be long, team. hit these little mid-range jumpers and just knock some balls. He didn't have, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying he didn't work hard, but that dude fell into a system that worked perfectly for his physicality and it for his skill set. He got so lucky, man. Ugh, I, that used to bother me, man. <laughs> I was never a Tayshaun Prince fan, but I couldn't argue what he he got the job done. Yeah, yeah I like them. I like his style. Yeah, man. Got, fault, I got, I'm sorry, this turned into a basketball. I know. Let's go. I got because the funny part. I got to do one of those next with uh, my boy Bill. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, man. I'll, I'll let you go so you can go do it. I'll go eat. Dinner. Oh yeah, man. I'll be in touch with you for. Thanks very much for doing this episode, man. I'll let yeah. you just post it and all that stuff. Okay, oh, yeah, let me know. Your, um, social media. Go ahead. Uh, at Chris Allen Comedy A L A N on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me. Check me out. Thanks for having me, bro. I'm gonna appreciate you, man. Thanks. Yep, no problem. Peace. This episode of Friday Late Show was produced and edited by Jeremy Demery of Golden Ox Studios.